Dude, it smells like updog in my house. Dude, are you serious? What's updog exactly? <laughs> what exactly is updog? <laughs> I've been meaning to nail some of that at work and I can't remember it for some reason. It's like I feel like I have to feel it out at the very right time to, to drop one of those. Go, 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 go. All right. Uh, Jer, pretty cool interview we got today. Am yeah, I right? Calvin, Calvin, you are absolutely correct. And if you're tuning in for the first time, this is the Open Road Podcast. We're here to help you find adventure in the everyday. Over there is Calvin. I'm Jeremy. We're your, your adventurous hosts. We're here to help you. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're into it. Um, if this is your first, Jer, went pretty wild. Eh? If this was your first time tuning in and hadn't heard anything, that puts a lot of pressure on us, I think. It's kind of like making a beauty. first impression every time. I mean, you have to think, you know, unless if you start thinking that this could be the like an episode, there's not even a single new listener, then why even podcast anymore? Like, that's the podcaster's hope that every episode Holy gets at smokes. least one new person. How many episodes? This is kind of blowing my mind right now. You're right. Like, there should... 100% be like new listeners that are tuning in right now. This is their first shot at the Open Road Pod. It's a little bit why we have a little spiel at the beginning to right. help people understand what they are in for. I thought that was just and you today, and me to kind of get back in gear. Well, it, it's it serves a mul- it serves multiple purpose. Purpose? No, yeah. Purposes? Yep. Purpose? No, per per purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it serves multiple purposes, but I think it does get us in the zone a little bit to be like, okay, if we're going to talk about adventure, what's going on in our world, it gets us in the mode of looking at the week that was yes, potentially yes. in a reflective light through the lens of what did we do that was interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just into it. It's all about being the most interesting man alive for <laughs> me, right? I know. That's why I have you as my co-host because I'm pretty much a dud without you. <laughs> Okay, so we have Josh Price coming on the episode today. Um, we'll talk a little bit. I think we talked a little bit like who he is and why he is with us. So I won't really spoil any of that, but really helpful. We got him on primarily because this is a man with RV reno experience. Um, oh, my God. Far beyond what either of us are capable of and or even really willing to do. Yes, and this is in some ways a continuation of our episode with Bob, our second episode with Bob from I Like to Make Stuff. Yes. Uh, Josh works with Bob, so that's a tiny bit more context. So if you are a brand new listener and you're coming from you know Josh's world, I'm sure you already know who Bob is, so you can go back and listen to that episode. It's a good one. But yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of releasing two episodes in the near future. This one with Josh, where we're spitballing some more ideas about the RV renovation that we are in the middle of, because like Calvin said, he has some experience. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to drop another one that goes a little bit more in depth with just Calvin and I about how the renovation is going. Yeah, I mean, I think probably one of the most interesting parts is just kind of diving into the nitty gritty of Josh's life working for Bob and what an absolute tyrant Bob is to work for, <laughs> like kind of dishing all. So we, in that case, this like his is, name is isn't Josh all. Price. We had to kind of, you know, obviously disguise that <laughs> to protect him and his family as, uh, you know, Bob uh. may come after him after this episode is released. <laughs> um, but this is yeah, an expose but, all like no boundaries kind of podcast. And this is what you get. <laughs> it's, it's the dark side of being internet famous that we really get the inside scoop on. How does this work? If, if people actually like declared Bob as a maniac tyrant, that would just juice his channel so hard <laughs> <laughs> honestly if we complete could... opposite effect <laughs> yeah but i mean maybe if like he catches wind of it he would like tweet like oh who are these guys who are making fun of me here and blah 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 and then we would get a lot of traffic so i think saying stuff that's like shock value is only good for views and clicks oh i'm down <laughs> i will just from now on jer you just say the word <laughs> And you will just go off. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> All right, here's Josh Price. Uh, let's bring him on. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you. welcome back, everybody, to another uh, fun interview on the Open Road Podcast. We're here joined by Josh Price, a friend of Bob's. Uh, Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. an awesome like back to back. We like Bob and then uh, Josh. Like, how sweet is that? We're really just diving into the RV uh, obsession a bit here. Which is kind of funny that I got your message and you said that you guys had interviewed Bob and I didn't know because Bob gets random, not, not to downgrade anything, but Bob gets random podcasts all the time about yeah, yeah, various totally. things, about starting businesses, about making things, about Star Wars. And I was like, did you do an RV podcast? He's, oh, yeah. I was like, what? why in the world would you do an RV podcast? I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I told him to talk to you. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know you can give him credit that he said we, you you got to talk to Josh, and we are interested to talk to you because you're doing all kinds of interesting stuff, including you renovated a big, uh, I guess, would you call it a fifth wheel? Yeah, it's a it's definitely a fifth wheel. Yeah, a big fifth wheel. So why don't you before we get into some of that stuff, why don't you t- get us caught up on some of the interesting stuff that you're you're doing? You kind of live a, an adventurous and a different kind of lifestyle. So why don't you share a little mm-hmm. bit about what you, what you've been up to? So the story that kind of got me up to this point, how I started working with Bob, uh, as I had, I was in the army for about nine years. I got out and did some various government contracting jobs. Wasn't really happy with that. I wanted to help. I wanted to build. I wanted to create. I wanted to inspire other people to do that. And so my day jobs are more about, you know, war and keeping the machine going. And eventually that kind of wears on your soul. Hmm. So my wife wanted to downsize. We had a almost 3000 square foot big house. Homeowners Association, the whole deal. Nice. And she just got really tired of it. Um, we homeschool our kids. We have for a while. So How many kids do you have? We have three. I have nice. an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So she just really got fed up with having all this stuff. And I got really fed up of my job. Yeah. And we had enough in savings just to kind of go. And so we huh. had enough saved up to be on the road for about a year. Uh, when she approached me to want to to full time RV, I'm like, well, yeah. that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> right, right. I don't want to do anything remotely like that. <laughs> so when I was in the army, I was a helicopter crew member. So I spent most of my time at airports and airfields. Okay. And driving to me was just so just archaic and rudimentary, and just like just, just people everywhere. It. And yeah, ugh. so slow. So I mean, you can get faster, anywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess we have to drive <laughs> with the kids all screaming. I was like, nothing about this seems appealing. And eventually, you know, you saw the benefits, you saw the freedom you got, you saw the, the time that you can go and actually, uh, supplement our homeschool. Right. With, you know, actual physical locations and artifacts and historical so narrative. Cool. And it was really yeah. awesome. Constant so, field trip. Yeah. Like just like, a right. Giant it's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And those are the things I loved when I was a kid because my, my my uncle works at the White House. And so I used to go to work at the White House during the summers. And so you'd wow. go back to school and you'd learn about all these things in American history. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I've done those things or I've been in those locations. Right, right. What did really, you do at the White House? Uh, so my uncle is an usher. He's one of the – he's not the head usher. That's a singular position, but he's one of the ushers. And so they set up for all the tours. They set up for special events. Um, one of the, I think the coolest things I had, I was 14 – and I got to set up the stage for an Eric Clapton and BB King duet for President Come Clinton. on. Yeah. And I was just like, I was blown away. And oh, uh, that's amazing. So yeah, it was an awesome experience. And so we wanted to give that kind of experiences to our kids. Like you can just read about something, which is fun, mm-hmm. or you can kind of envelop your whole life into experiencing what you know is amazing about our country. It's amazing yeah. about the people, different right. types of people in our country. Because I grew up in the South which is very sheltered and very reserved and people like their sweet tea and their chicken nuggets. (laughs) And, but my wife and I, we've lived all over the world. We lived in Seattle. We lived in Belgium for four years. My oldest son was actually born in Belgium. I worked for you. Okay. And so we, the idea of being in one place for a long time in a very sheltered community seemed just really dry and unappealing. Right. So eventually the RV kind of became the manifestation of you can go and just wherever you want to go. Where were you guys living at the time where you decided to like jump into the RV game? We were a little south of Savannah, so right okay. over the border from Florida into Georgia. So yep. near where Bob lived. So yeah. I knew Bob the way everybody else knows Bob from the internet. Oh, okay. Um, 
and they would pass through town on their way to go see family in other locations. And like, they have a bunch of kids. We have a whole mess of kids. And so it just became, oh, just like stop in and kind of hang out. Hmm. I would go up to his shop every once in a while and he would come down to the house. And right. so it just became like a real kind of mutual more than like internet friendship. Right. Because cool. we have similar values of similar family structures. And cool. Um, but that's what that was. And then when we made the decision to uh, do the RV full time, it was okay. Well, we have to find one that is an easy transition from our house to this road life because, like, we could get a pop up or we could get an airstream, and everybody would be packed in. Not going to work. Everybody else. Yeah. Who's it? There was a family that we saw on YouTube. I forgot the name that had like nine kids that lived in their fifth wheel. Too much. Oh, I forgot the name. It was. It would give me like heart palpitations when I'm watching yeah, this. Yeah. I'm like, this is madness. We're not doing this. That's too clickbaity. No, not going to do it. <laughs> And so we found this one model after, and one thing I didn't want to give up my workshop. So I had a full like two and a half car garage, right. a full woodworking shop. Wow. I had my own business. I was making customer projects. I'd make stuff around the house. I had uh, a maker camp every summer for all like the homeschool co-op that we belonged to. So I was had a lot wow. of people in and out of my shop. It was a, like a teaching environment. It was a building environment. It was really allowed me to kind of develop this part of me that I loved. Yeah. That I didn't really know that I love that much. Right. And so mm. it became this piece of my identity that I was really not willing to give up. And I fought pretty hard not to give it up. So then it became like, okay, well, how do we blend all of these things? And so how do we have enough room for everybody not to hate each other? Mm-hmm. How do we have uh, something that you know has some resale value? You know, And how do I have a workshop? And so those three things had to have very loose definitions when you're trying to live on the road. Right. And so but when they I did, still like, needed well, to be defined. Right. And so it's it's an opportunity. It's not a challenge, right? It's it's you got to make it work. Good mindset. So my wife found a model that was a fifth wheel that had a large um, like storage section in the back that had a door that flipped outward. It's not a, a not a toy hauler. But you could stick your arm probably a good three feet into it, and it was as wide as the fifth wheel, so maybe about eight feet wide by three oh, feet wow. by probably about six feet high. Yeah, it was the Open Range Roamer 376 FBH, the forward bunkhouse. Huh. So the kids' room was over the kingpin. Yep. We had a living room, kitchen kind of combo, and then our bedroom was in the back. Right. And then my workshop was under the head of our bed. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was a very unique setup. I had never seen one like that. Huh. And so we bought it. I think it was a, a year old. Oh, it was wow. a really new uh, model. And how uh, how so long? A lot of people. Uh, it was forty one foot. So it was a big one. Pretty That's serious a monster. Yeah. Yeah. For my first time doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a monster. Um. But that's what worked for us. And so I really had no other base of comparison to know that like, oh, my God, this is huge. Or, oh, this is unmanaged. Right. Just right. from the get-go, this is what you're presented with. This will Love work. Love it. Learn how to do this. And so I'm sure if I were to drive that Winnebago, like, I would be super jacked up because I know how to back <laughs> up a 41-foot fifth wheel on a dime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but with my wife's minivan that we had, I couldn't park that thing in a parking spot at the store. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's all, all relative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you, did you have to so get we went like about, a giant uh, truck for this thing too? Like, what do you pull it with? Yeah, we got we had a Ford F three fifty, um, diesel turbo or max super diesel. Yeah, diesel. It did a great job. Sweet. I mean, we, it was it was pretty awesome. That truck was massive. It's big. Good gracious, that truck was yeah, big. That's huge. But it fit everybody. And it was kind of the same thing. It had those parameters, like it has to be able to fit all the people. Yeah, it's got to be able to fit wheel. Doesn't have to have a whole lot of bells and whistles. We were very practical about it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Because when you're minimizing, it's kind of the theme. It's like I could get the leather package with the wood trim and the like. Well, that's just more stuff, and yeah, it kind right. of goes against what it's trying to accomplish. So yeah, like it's so, a big RV, but you said like you're downsizing from a three thousand square foot house. Like that's a big mm-hmm. jump. So what was the uh, what was that paring down process like for you guys? Well, on paper. It was it was okay because I made a lot of the furniture that was in the house. And so part of me was very pragmatic about it. Well, if I can just build it again. Right. And if right. I build it again, it'll probably be better than it was the first time. Yeah. So at face value, everything was golden. Let's sell the th- all the things or most of the things. Yeah. Sentimental stuff you can't replace. Let's put in boxes. And we had a, a small storage section 
and my wife's mother owns a, an antique store. Okay. And so she had 10,000 square foot storage space in a little corner that was ours. Cool. Right. So we had, I think, a couch that we had just recently bought, um, boxes and mementos and things, like a, a couple dressers. High school yearbook. Right. That kind, of, <laughs> that kind of stuff that has no real value, but some <laughs> false sentimental value that some people yes. keep. Because yeah. you want to see what you look like back in the seventh grade for some reason. Correct. That stuff. Nice. Um, so that stuff stayed there the whole time that we were on the road. She never really minded. It was it was a pretty sweet setup. So we didn't have to pay for a storage unit. Right. And we didn't have to completely throw everything away. Right. Was, but everything else was, was up for grabs. Was your plan like to do a, like a hard start finish year trip? Or was it pretty loosey-goosey as far as like when you would stop this adventure and get back into something else? So our initial plan... Uh, I talked about this on the MakerCast podcast with John Berard right before we were about to do it. it. Was Our plan was I wanted to open a makerspace. Okay. I wanted to open something bigger than my shop to bring people in, to mm-hmm. teach people, to involve the community, to involve children, to involve school-age kids, to get people excited about working with their hands and building things. Mm-hmm. And so it was going to be a makerspace that would be attached to like a, a kid's kind of playroom, science center kind of thing. Okay, cool. And to kind of attract the mommies who need stuff to do with their kids. So it'd be like a, a dual hatted kind of venture. And so we were going to go around to a bunch of different maker spaces all across the Eastern seaboard, see what they did, right. See what they did wrong. Take all those lessons learned and then put them into practice. Once we figured out where we wanted to be. Oh, nice. And so we're still not done with that. Right. And so we're on, we're on hiatus right now. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's though, to have that was like the goal. Kind of a, a mission, you know, throughout that whole year of kind of a yeah, goal. So part of it observe. was, yeah, we want to go to these historic national parks and we want to go to these mm-hmm. locations that are, you know, of significance. And now we're also going to go to these makerspaces and go meet a bunch of people from the community, yep. go to dedicated businesses and universities and like see what people are doing. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Nice. Your wife sounds kind of spontaneous. How do you guys mix that? Like, like, were you, did you have a pretty like hard itinerary of like a week ahead of what you wanted to hit? Like, or how did you guys kind of balance that? We, I think we jumped, I think two weeks and then some places that we knew were going to be high traffic. We booked a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. So like we wanted to go to Maine. We wanted to go to Bar Harbor, Maine, which we knew or from what my wife read she told me it gets really popular around the time we were going to be there. So we booked that one earlier. Cool. Um, but yeah, we would just kind of leapfrog about two weeks at a time. And then we had a friend of ours that had a huge slip and slide party in upstate New York and was like, Hey, <laughs> you should come to the slip and slide party. And we went, sure. Why not? So we, we can. just, averted, yeah, we just kind of diverted. We our will live and, at the slip and slide party. <laughs> that's literally what happened. <laughs> we pulled there. into their massive farm kind of spot. And then they're like, well, that's normally where we put the tent for the food. I'm like, move it over there. Or just do it in our kitchen. (laughs) And so we had a whole bunch of makers come and a bunch of people came and, you know, toured the RV. Because once we renovated it, it looked like a little apartment. Right. And now why why did you have to do such an extensive renovation? When you buy these things, they're pretty nice. Have they not? You don't have to. We did it because we're kind of insane. Um, And did you do like a full thing? Yeah. Tip on a brand new trailer. Yeah. <laughs> That's a they little made that painful. Model, well, if they made that model and that floor plan in an older version, believe me, I would have sought that out first sure. and foremost. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but really, when you go into newer RVs, they, they're trying to be a little more modern, mm-hmm. right? but they're very dated. Like, all of them are dated. Very heavy carpeted valances. Like, it, it's funny, as a woodworker, you use walnut and use these very dark, expensive, and rich tone woods, but then when you put them into these RVs, it makes the space smaller. Yeah. Right. And so it, it gives this illusion of of expensive, you know, luxurious materials when it really just closes in your environment. So we painted mm-hmm. the entire thing. We, my wife, painted the entire thing. Um, the front bunk room that was going to be my kid's room, and they had two slides in the front, had these pull-out couches because it was – I don't know what the room was intended to be. Yep. It was weird. It wasn't a full bunk house. Mm, so right. we took out the couches – Took out the mini fridge, some of the little weird dressers that didn't really fit. I built in new dressers. I built in bunk beds with some funky stairs. Cool. I built in a crib and a changing table for my daughter. Um, Lego table that was in there. Love it. So that was completely renovated. Right. 
we ripped out the big long like couch slash dining area yeah, with I the pedestal tables. Yeah, yeah, they were all chintzy and just really just mm-hmm. flimsy, and so we those got ripped out. Yep. So I built in a corner booth with a walnut table, which was just like a plywood box that was uh, wrapped in in walnut strips because I was super conscious of weight. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to yeah, ruin sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. So everything that was structural was beefy and everything else was just kind of quarter inch plywood. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we got a couch from Ikea that was uh, that was a lot lighter and then you could take off like the slip covers. And right. so rather than nice. that one big, long, not very useful couch, we now had a dining room and a living room. Right. Put oh, up nice. tile. Um, put in our our mattress in the master bedroom. I redid all the storage above the bed because they don't use vertical storage in RVs that I've learned. Hmm. There's one thing is they have really tall cabinets, but they don't have the means of stacking things. So I built in very customized little shelves and little nooks right. to, to hold um, uh, like hard drives and like podcasting stuff. And right, right, right. Specific things that my wife needed for homeschool. Like you could make little, little specific zones. shelves that you could make use of the vertical space. Right. Hmm. And then she saw somewhere, I think it was on the Less Junk, More Journey channel where someone had built them in their airstream a barn door so my wife wanted a barn door so i built the barn barn door door. in but i needed a place to record the podcast that i do oh right so i made it a barn door and the barn door converted to a desk so the bottom half of the barn door flipped up oh my gosh a cross member was like the support underneath and i would use a desk i'd sit on the end of my bed put my laptop put my microphone and so it was a barn door that converted into a desk so that's so cool yeah. yeah, like I guess you're, you're right. Like if you're going to live in this thing for a year and and live in it, like they're not really designed for that. And and kind of like you mm-hmm. said, like it feels like I've been in a few of those near ones. It feels like kind of like hotel furniture in it, yeah. it which isn't very homey. So, I mean, if you're going to make it your home, you got to make it right. Yeah, it's like hotel and then down a couple notches. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a hotel, ho- someone lightweight hotel. Yeah, they picked up a hotel and kind of shook it really hard. Yeah, yeah and, and you put it in a shrink, shrink ray. Like, what broke? Well, <laughs> every time you left your hotel room, somebody picked it up and just shook it violently. Yeah, yeah. The the other thing that Bob said that just blew me away was the fact that you had both a CNC machine and a 3D printer in this crazy workshop space. So give us the quick skinny on the workshop. So the workshop had, I had a 1,000 millimeter by 1,000 millimeter X-carve that I had to take to Bob's shop and actually cut it down because it was too big to fit into the back. So I cut it down. I had that in there. And then he had one of his more popular videos was this four tiered like screen printing press. They had these like arms and springs and things. Well, he wasn't going to use it. So I took it and ripped it apart. And I took all the pieces of aluminum and clamps and springs. And I made a table that housed a bunch of tools underneath of it and also had a tabletop that slid out the back kind of straight out. And it had a 3D printer. Um, I had a whole array of hand tools. Like I could fix or build whatever I wanted to and from the back of that RV. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah. That is so That's cool. Amazing. <laughs> so in like so little awesome. I, the, when I first got the printer, I was like, something in your RV is broken. Like I know it is. Everything all the time somewhere. So she brought me this little latch and I modeled the latch really quick and about an hour later I had a replacement go latch for her door. Wow. One of a kind. She's That's... like, thing is black magic and i was like well yeah it's a hot glue gun that makes pieces (laughs) of your broken house yeah 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 that's so awesome that's perfect because it was it was kind of loud but it would all the sound would direct backwards Uh, but people would like what is that thing and they would come over and see it and they're like oh can you make me a sign you know brenda and jim bob are from wherever and so i sold those out of the back and oh that's hilarious rockler was cool enough to send me a mini lathe because i wanted to get into turning yeah but a lathe is heavy and it's really kind of infrastructure heavy and they're like oh we'll send you the mini lathe and a bunch of tools and you can put it in your rv and so i would take it out and i would set it on the picnic table wherever we happen to be camping and go find a random piece of wood we found this really nice piece of driftwood at yeah. acadia national park and i I made a pen out of it that night and huh. then my wife uses it as like her pen oh that's so cool. fun so it would like draw a crowd around a campfire while people right, right. were like turning pens or making bowls oh that's sweet that's that's so awesome so as we get into our big reno, I mean, do we do we try to do the periscope? Okay. 
Yes. Something like that is awesome. But I had an idea when you said Periscope. So give me the skinny on the Periscope. So basically, we just had this thought that having a Periscope would be amazing. The RV has these vents that we don't really need a vent. We can just open a window. Let's kick out the vent, have some crazy mechanism that there's a Periscope in there just for kicks. That's the idea. Calvin, anything to add? I mean, yeah, like a few ways to do it. We, we, we kind of like the idea of like an old school submarine Periscope. And then Bob kind of took it one step further and he's like well just get a couple like just get a little mini camera with a little mini like lcd screen and and rig it up so that you can um you know just kind of digitize it would probably be more practical so yeah, he, he had lots of ideas he yeah had he had some few, for the yeah. actual periscope thing it was like if you just want to see out the roof you could do this that and the other so there were there's all kinds of ideas floating around out mm-hmm. there what about a bubble Ooh, like one of those sudden okay. Roof bubbles. Like if you if you were R two D two, like that kind of bubble. So I've seen this done twice. One was on a big military aircraft called a C one thirty. When I lived in Belgium, they had a bubble on the top right. where someone could like stick their head up and look around, and it looked like R two D two. That is very cool. And now my friend Ethan has these two bulldogs, and they love people. So he uh, cut a hole in a fence and put one of those bubbles through. So now his bulldogs can like stick their head out through the fence in the bubble and look at all the people as they pass by so one of those one of those vents those square kind of vent areas would be perfect for for an r2d2 bubble where do you get there are they like kind of plexan look it up on amazon or something plexiglass it might be lexan or acrylic that would actually solve a lot of the challenges with this and think about how money it is you're driving down the road and all of a sudden some dude's head is out the top of this rv looking around staring down at you i love it (laughs) i just love it that's a great idea you get r2d2 cover right and then you could take it off if you want or it's like it's like you know that like tinted um that tint that you can see through where it's like only partially on Mm -hmm. uh you know what i mean or like if like there's a back add on a windshield where you can see through it but on the oh, one right. side oh, so you right. can do like half a head of r2d2 and then the other half clear so that depending on where you were you could easily see out and people could see your head but then it would also look like r2d2 or you could just yeah. do two of them one r2 in the front and then something else in the back because there are two pra- that's like way less work too jerry like if you think about like way it's, it's less really work. just cutting the hole and then like making sure it's sealed yeah. really nice right seal it oh man seal it yeah <laughs> that roof is already which i mean we so need to like do a layer of tar on that roof anyways <laughs> do you have any ideas for sealing the roof yeah there is what's the name of this stuff i can find it for you when we get off here but it comes in a caulking gun and it's like the rvers like sealant oh people okay. like go get a you- case of this do you have to find the leak or do you just do the whole roof? Uh, ours was pretty new until we went to go sell it. And then they told us that we had scratches on the roof and they redid the roof with some kind of crazy coating. I forgot what it was, but they raved about how long it would last. Oh, really? um, and they yeah. coated the whole thing though, is what I'm mm-hmm. asking. They yeah. coated the whole roof. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But if it's spots that. that are, that are leaking, sanding it down, using that sealer, mm-hmm. mixing it kind of hot, and then kind of feathering out the edges so it's not right. just a big blob. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it's the same sealer we used in the helicopter. Cause, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good enough for a U.S. Color. chopper. It's got to be good enough for us. Is it, though, Jer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know nothing about this. Well, it was I'm funny because when I, when I bought it, I was like, man, I, I'm pretty sure I have some of this somewhere. It's just right. a two-part <laughs> mixture, but there's just in a single caulking gun. And right. you only need a little bit of it to do around a square, and then you pretty much throw the whole rest of it away some form of jb weld yeah yeah that, it's cool. like Gosh, a silic it's more than a silicone but it's it's a semi stretchy uh waterproof sealant right so it has a little bit of give yeah, so it's not really flex, rigid and yeah. it will crack oh cool all right well yeah that's or flexial you flexial the crap out of it i use flexial on a plywood water tank and it held water with a single coating of flexial really mm-hmm. how do you spell that f-l-e-x S E A L? Oh, they sell it here in the States at home. Oh, like Flex Seal. Mm-hmm. The seal using. Do you guys have Canadian Tire? Or can, I don't we know sure do. We sure do. We are Canadian Tire. They have it all at Lowe's and Home Depot. They carry it. It's like the newer, like as seen on TV kind of product. So uh, I don't okay. know how available it is in other markets. Yeah. This Josh, I, 
I really like that bubble idea I because love the bubble. It, yeah. it is easy. It kind of gives us our desired effect. I mean, it doesn't make our dream of a periscope come true, but to do that properly, I don't know if we have the time or energy. That was going to be the biggest problem. I was thinking that it's really good for panorama shots that if or you wanted to do like if you're yes. driving and you wanted some shots of sunsets or sunrises as you're moving, doing it through the windows is not easy to do because there's usually stuff kind of eye sure. level out yeah. the window. Yep. But if you get above yep. Yep. that, you can get a whole lot of different kind of cinematic options. The only thing we'll have to look out for is how tall it makes that thing. That thing's already pretty yep. tall. And I would want that bubble to go up pretty high, I got to admit. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, we, well, yeah, we've already kind of maxed out our uh, McDonald's drive through capabilities. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, that was not even an option, a McDonald's drive through That's a big bummer. <laughs> Ours was 13.3. <laughs> And I think the lowest noted bridge that I went under was thirteen nine, yeah. And that's I freaky. think I was I was doubled over in the truck thinking that if somehow if I bent my body, yeah, it would shrink the size of everything above yes. me. Yes, physics doesn't work that way. Was that an we accident, once... or were you just kind of cruising and last minute realized that? Well, you can get um, All Stays was an app that we used that would alert you to low lying bridges. Okay, okay. And I think if it was less than 13 it would alert you because 13 was kind of the magic number it was like yeah 14 you're fine 13 is danger because of antennas and sure yeah if the thing's 12 feet up it could bounce or this or that so if i think it was 13 or less it would alert you and so we would plan where we would go and then we would cross reference with the all states app just to make sure we weren't going to hit any hazards right so it was fine and it was on the u.s interstate so theoretically it would be okay yeah 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 but it's still major Made your butt pucker a little bit. <laughs> we once got caught on this random road in Boston where there was like one part that was like above ground ish where like it had all the stoplights. And then if you wanted to cruise through the city, you would go like in the, the mm-hmm. underground part in the middle. It wasn't totally underground, but but we were probably like two inches of clearance on this thing. Like it was the scariest thing. Yeah, we like stopped traffic in the middle of this thing to like get out of our vehicle as cars are going at like whatever, 45 miles an hour past us. It was, it was so freaky. And one of those fun stories where yes, like you say, your butts buckering as you're going yep. through them. And then you're like, are these all different? Are they the same? And it's all, but that's part of the adventure. Yeah. Where did they measure? They measure from, the from where it hits the ground, or right? Where and how many times have they redone right. this pavement? Yep, I, I right. always kind of went with if there's an 18 wheeler around me, then I'm I'm okay. Yes, yes. Him. Then you know. So as we get going on this, any other things we should be thinking about? Um, you know, we're gonna do some painting as well. We're probably gonna make it make it white, brighten it up a little bit, or like an off white, make it nice, uh, nice and fresh in there. We're gonna turn an old propane tank into a wood stove and. Put that thing in there, which should be fun and moderately dangerous. Put a new table in. Put a little new storage stuff. We like kicked out the bathroom because there was no, there's no working plumbing in this thing. Um, any other, any other things that you're you have a, thinking like a composting cool? toilet or one of the ones that like twist the little bags? Oh, it's just gonna be with a, a tube out the back. Yeah, we got a like a stainless steel sink tube, <laughs> nice. garden hose rigged up now, which is we'll probably upgrade a bit. Yeah, but yeah we'll, so we'll Josh, I mean, so our this rig, like it's kind of we're renewing it because we're not using it much like yourself, not using it for its desired purpose. Where really, what we're using it for is like long weekend trips with friends. So we never used a bathroom in it just because it was never really necessary for what we do. And we don't, you know, we sleep in it, of course, but we're usually, I mean, well, we have to be, you know within reach of a bathroom or we figure it out so for us we burned through a tank of gas in two and a half hours so we were always stopping yeah like we're not going cross country anymore in this thing Um, and i think that's the best about people that are innovative that when you get an rv there's so many floor models to try to meet everyone's expectations and it like it it won't no so being a little bit handy especially in an rv is really really easy to do stuff because the materials are really light right Usually panels or cabinets and things are held in with a, only a few screws. So if mm-hmm. you're going to do some renovation, it's a really good way to get your foot in the door because there's not a lot of heavy solidified infrastructure. Right, right. Like there's no foundation that you're going to mess up. Like just don't touch the chassis yeah. and everything else. Go for Fine. it. Ours right. was built on a foundation of mold, which we're now through. <laughs> 
so good. We're past so the whole face. I would I would ask like when you get to a spot with your friends, you know, what do you like to do outside? And then make those things a part of your RV. Either make them so right. that there's a, a storage compartment they can easily have access to them, or if it's like a screen to watch movies on the outside, it's permanently affixed, kind of like yeah. uh, like the awning. So just. I think you guys are already in a, a perfect spot is, you know, what you want to do with mm-hmm. it. It meets your expectations and then go balls out crazy with it. Like put an R2D2 bubble or on your awning. If you wanted a movie screen to pop down, or if you wanted a, a keg, like a mini keg fridge in your bathroom, cause you don't need a shower or a toilet. Like that is it, such it a has... good idea with the screen. We were trying to come up with a way to like have a screen and a mini projector in the roof, like inside, but I like that way better where the awning is. You put a screen there and now you it's like the old school one. You yeah, just make sure yeah. somehow it doesn't get soaking wet. And then you throw a projector in there and, and you have an outdoor movie theater. So you guys have an awning? It's it I, I it's been ripped it's been off. Yanked, yeah. That happens. <laughs> so if you were gonna put an awning back on, that could be in a, put the awning and then right below that awning put a drop down screen. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. as the awning goes out have a, a small kind of projector hang from the tip of that awning that shines onto oh. the Winnebago. That would be sweet. Right, right, right. And I guess There's... you wouldn't even necessarily need an awning, and then you just have to make sure it's you're not watching try, trying to watch stuff too much during the day. Yeah. I mean, and our you... awning, like, yeah, it, it blocked the sun. It kept some of the heat out. Right. It was kind of nice, because we had a lot of windows, and depending on which side you were parked on, the awning kind of helped mitigate that so your air conditioners and stuff aren't pumping out constantly using up a bunch of energy yeah but other than that, it was just it would get wet what um our hottest our hottest day of our summer is like the coldest day of the year for you guys <laughs> yeah so we're pretty good <laughs> josh what was uh what was the power source for yours we had to have 50, uh, 50 amp hookups we could work on okay. 30 but you had to be very very sparse on sure. what it was that we used um, and did you have a generator? We did not. No. Um, no way. So that was one thing that, like, when we took off, it's like we cannot be completely self-sufficient and we yeah. cannot be completely boondockable because we don't have an auxiliary power source. Right. Right. But with where we were going and what we were doing and kind of like, I didn't really like the idea of boondocking because here in the States, like, you can go stay in a Walmart parking lot or, like, big shopping center parking lots usually for free. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I used to do that with my grandparents. And I remember, like... It didn't make me feel safe as a kid, which it, I mean, it's probably there's there's it's unfounded like, but as a dad of young kids and especially being, you know, in the military, like we were exposed in some way and I felt like I was taking away from like a natural home right. environment by just like go to bed without the slides fully popped out and without any lights or without any whatever's and the generator could only I guess the generator would have powered enough you know, it would provide 30 amp power, but we didn't have one at the time, and we just mitigated that by staying somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like every night. sleeping in the Walmart parking lot takes a little bit to get used to, and we've done a lot of that. But yeah. it's it's this funny little feeling. You you feel a bit like you're in a bubble. It's a very vulnerable feeling. Yeah, even and and you also feel a little bit like uh, you feel a little too corporate America, where it's like you know, you're going to go buy all your stuff at Walmart and it's just the concrete jungle and we're on a trip. So shouldn't we be somewhere a little bit nicer? Yeah. That's how I felt anyway. Well, I have this deep rooted fear of being homeless. Um, I, I don't know where it really comes from. I had a, a great childhood, I had no <laughs> fear of being homeless. And when I was in the army, like you just kind of you go sleep over there and it just made me uncomfortable. Right. And so when we were talking about this, I was like, how are we not going to be homeless? And I could not get off of this word, which was just this weird stigma that I assigned to it. So if people are thinking about doing this, that was a personal hangup. And so for me, the Walmart parking lot thing, which is completely legitimate. People do it all the time. It's not a big deal in that weird stigma part of my gray matter. It was we are legit homeless (laughs) by sleeping in a parking lot. Rock bottom. As long as I like. I have a I have a sticker on my car that says A42 little slot with a you know a hole for your poop to go in that is your home like right. that's okay. Right. But a Walmart parking lot with some line that I drew in my head. Right. Like, and nope. the fact that you're literally that. living in an RV which okay yes it's a home but it's not like a house so you kind of right. are homeless the whole time you're on the road. <laughs> a 
Oh man, my wife would get so mad when I would bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's she, fun. She was yeah, she's the free spirited one about it and was like loving the adventure. And I was the one's like, okay, I got to get from point A to point B without killing everybody. Uh, like no tires. We had a tire shred one time, and I'm like, all right, how am I gonna fix this solution? Yeah, yeah, right. uh, no one's that's dead. Scary. Like yeah, it's there's a lot. It was really polarizing. I was like, I love this. This is amazing. I'm in a place I've never been or yeah. never thought I would ever be in my life. This is great. And then it was like, well, the wheel just snapped off. Right. Right. Like, I, I don't know what to what do about now? that. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, it's on us to like figure this out. That's yeah, and it's, one of the most fun things about the road trip because you get yourself in a predicament and you just have no idea how you're going to get out of it. I mean, one time we were literally stuck in the middle of Wyoming with zero cell service and the closest town was 60 miles in each direction. Like we were in the absolute middle and we're like, our RV is broken. How? Like, what are we supposed to do? We're like sending our friends up the street to like call the tow truck and then the tow truck comes and they're not back. And are we ever going to find them? And it's like just... Mm-hmm. The stories are – that's yeah. what's the best though. And that's – I – I my panic attacks were subsided because of my workshop. Mm, right. So Very not cool. only was it just like a, a, a peaceful feeling or this thing that I could continue to like, oh, I, I, I want to woodwork. I want to do this stuff to, to help with my soul. But no, it was extremely functional. Yeah. Like I could fix anything. And so when the tire snapped off, I had tools to fix it. When the kitchen sink collapsed through the crappy little metal brackets, I had things to fix it. Yeah. Um, it was always like a you open the door when you get done, and you're like, eh, what's broken? Right. <laughs> like, Hold on. I'll go get a thing, yeah. and I'll go fix it. <laughs> and so it taught you to be really self-sufficient, like you're saying. Right. It had that little bit of MacGyver in you. And it's like, I, I don't have what I need. I have what I have. I got to make this work. Yeah. Because my kids are staring at me, and all they want to do is watch Moana, and they're gonna <laughs> scream at me if I don't get Moana going. So you better get a move on, and you better fix the thing. Because my kids having... are gonna lose it. I yeah. love it. Um, oh, that's so. It's kind of nice too, because there's usually a park. There's usually something around. Yeah, in, of course. In the RV parks, so it's like go that way, while just, I fix our house, yeah, and then awesome. you come back, and you won't know any better. <laughs> You'll sleep in your bed. You'll be with all of your toys. It will be completely... Your Lego uh, city will still be built. Right. Exactly. And that was one of the things that I loved the most out of that cra- uh, the whole crazy thing. Was it, you know, talking about being homeless. I, I had that fear, but every time we would go somewhere new, I would always end up in my house. Right. Mm. So if we were to do this like cool. in a hotel, you'd be hotel hopping, eating yeah, junk yeah. food. Like horrible. On a constant vacation mode where we could go into D.C. or into Boston or into Maine or into North Carolina or into the mountains. And I would always end up in my bed mm-hmm. with my pillows with yeah. a dinner that we just cooked sitting yeah. on my couch. And, and I'm sure it didn't go, take long for the for it to feel like home like that. No. And because of the renovations that we did and that you guys are eventually going to do, it's going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not going to feel like that motel feeling like you mentioned earlier. Like this is our house. It's just smaller. I mean, we very yeah. much have a motel vibe in ours. <laughs> <laughs> it won't feel like home. Our, There's our a lot of porridge our, paneling. The, the goal is that our wives can walk in there and, like, be like, okay, this is a 6 out of 10. Like, that's our goal. Right. Like, if they're not, like, absolutely disgusted like they used to be, <laughs> that, that will be a win. <laughs> you got to get them to pick accent colors. Make okay. one wall an accent wall. All right. Just succulents everywhere. <laughs> And pop of color throw pillows. Edison and they'll be bulbs? super happy. Oh, even better. Edison <laughs> bulbs would be nice and pretty to set the ambiance. I, I personally you. would like to go for the motel theme a bit more, Jared. <laughs> That's kind of special. Right, well, Josh, you've given us lots to talk about and lots to think about as we, you know, dream this thing up. Um, even just this this quick conversation that we've had today has uh, got me very intrigued to so check pops. out your other podcasts. Yeah. I'm sure we could chat forever. I mean, even just some of the stuff at the start with you being in the Army. We're from Canada. We have so little to do with anything Army, so I'm always intrigued by some of that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so many of the things that you said we could have gone down rabbit holes, but uh, we really appreciate uh, your time today, and this was a great conversation. Absolutely, guys. I wish you all the best, and it's super fun what you guys are doing. I'm surprised we got along so well. I mean, us being RV people and you being fifth wheel tow behind guy, like true. This is not good. You know, we're from two <laughs> different it, worlds. If it were my wife and I, 
we would have went that route. All right. Which okay. we talked about as we were trying to back the thing up into tiny little spots yeah. and you're just cursing under your breath the whole time. And yeah, if it was just the two of us, a, a nice 20 something footer, perfect. But then yeah. you got these other people that have to live with you too legally. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it yeah. Josh, yeah. where can people find your podcast and your website and everything? So the podcast I co-host is called Making Geeks. You can check it out at makinggeeks.com. It's the kind of more digital side of the maker movement, kind of cool. mixing with how do you find that balance between working, making things, being a dad. Cool. Um, and you can check out my website. Well, I actually have a couple RV articles on my website at thepiworkshop.com, which is the PI is the Price Institute. It's the name of our homeschool. Nice. And so the workshop was like, you know, shop class for homeschool kids. So you can Love check it. out a couple projects that I made and some RV-related stuff on, at thepiworkshop.com. Cool. Awesome. We'll direct people there, and uh, and we really appreciate your time today, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks yeah, for absolutely. Time, it's super fun, guys. Good to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Calvin, just when I thought the Periscope idea couldn't get any better, Josh comes in with the best idea yet. Making us look like idiots. <laughs> Uh, so I don't think into us... the bubble, Jer. <laughs> the reason he makes us look like idiots is because you know he was probably thinking these guys do not have the chops to pull off a periscope. No, you're they just absolutely need a right. Bubble. They just you just four screws, screw it into the roof, and call it a day. How do you break <laughs> out of the bubble? Like just jump into another bubble. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I seriously think that's such a good idea, dude. I know, like, yeah. Since we. I thought that was so weird that he mentioned that thing about his dog, um, or no, not his dog, his friend's dog using the bubble. And I was like, what in the world? Like, who cares that much about their dog and their dog scenery? And then I started looking these up online. They're like meant for dogs. It actually makes a ton of sense. Like the whole like selling feature is basically like satisfy your dog's curiosity. Right. And so when they can see through the fence, they stop barking because they know what's over there. Interesting. So it just makes sense that actually everybody should have one of these things. And I also love the idea of us sticking our head out the RV roof is also in a similar way to a dog <laughs> satisfying that animal curiosity inside of us. Jer, one of the best things about that RV is perhaps that our big main window, which is kind of right near the uh dining room table we'll call it which folds down to a bed and one of my favorite moment moments ever in that rv is getting the opportunity to sit um or to be asleep in that bed to wake up me not driving and us hit a drive-through and still be in bed and pull through the window and then just get your food you know in your covers best feeling it's Shirt the best off. feeling yeah something yeah. so free about it and then just know like ah this is my breakfast we're hitting the road already where are we going today i don't know you can get up at like 6 a.m., hit that first drive through sip on a coffee, go back to bed, eat a bagel. You can do whatever you want. This is why this competition between tow behinds and RVs will never end. They're so you much better. The, the competition will end. It'll never end. I mean, unless all of the tow behinds decide to become RV people. Right. Oh, you mean like us as RV, RV people, we will never relent in no, our... No, they're so much better. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Yep. Yep. It is so much better. And it, that is proven by the fact that I have one of each and I will always prefer to take the RV. Yeah. Your other, your toe behind is complete. It's like probably actually super nice, but it's just never get used. It, it actually is way <laughs> I, nice. I slept in it once. That's super nice. It's big. <laughs> yeah. It's like the nicest pop-up trailer <laughs> that money could buy in 2005. <sighs> so. So yeah, stick your dog in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jer, highlights for you about Josh. I mean, he we covered a lot of territory with him, and I was left with kind of lots of questions that weren't really podcast related, but probably like um, just chilling with a beer related. If that makes yeah. sense to you. Yeah, that's the thing that I love so much about this podcast is we get to know people in different parts of the country that you just really want to sit down and hang out with. And I mean. I don't know how much those army guys like to talk about their army stories, but he probably doesn't have two crazy ones because he was a mechanic or no, not a mechanic, a crew, like a helicopter crew guy. But yeah, I just, I think he's got so many stories, man. Yeah, I know. I know. And I think I said that in the in an interview. So that was, that was probably my favorite thing is always just getting to know a new person. And 
I love how relational podcasts can be mm-hmm. with a person who's literally brand new. Like we talk to a guest oftentimes like two minutes before we start the show. Um, so I always find that really fun. Um, speaking of kind of relationships with podcast guests, I noticed that um, our previous guest, Captain Liz Clark, has her book out. Yes, yes, she does. She has released her book, Swell. And we said we would tell our listeners when it happened, and here we are doing it. Calvin, you know, you sent me the photo of it. I think, we're, was that even on her page, or was that like on Patagonia's page? That was on uh, Patagonia Books or something like this. Yeah, so good. So, yeah, we've had Liz Clark, who's an amazing person. She sails the seven seas, solo, crazy, cool, interesting person. Cool, in- she just cool interview that we did with her. Go back and listen. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a really fun one for sure, um, and uh, for sure one of our more high profile guests. And that's the other thing I love about podcasting is you can have someone who has like a few thousand followers or someone who has a hundred thousand followers, and when you get them just one on one, they're just they're just people living their life, doing their thing. Right. Unless you're and Clooney. that's Liz Clark. Yeah, and he, he's been a little bit hard to get. Right. Um, Guy's been a complete snake. Yeah, yeah. The tweet's not answered. Oh, no, like, uh, come on. Like, tweet us back once. His, once. His publicist has had it up to here with us. Quote, I've had it with you, too. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> and, end quote. Uh. All right. Are we out of here, Jer? Let's get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, we kind of talked about a bunch of episodes we've done. So, if again, if you're new, there's lots of fun episodes in our past, and there are plenty more future episodes to come. Check out, so um, yeah, jo- check out Josh's website. Um, oh, yeah. He has, like, tons of stuff on there. So kind of some interesting stuff about him renovating that RV and then his story with his family about that. And then, um, obviously, check out what he's doing with Bob and his podcast as well. Yeah, his link is in the show notes. So if you literally pull out your phone and go to the show notes, there's a clickable link that'll take you to his website. And there's also a clickable link that'll allow you to send us an email, Jeremy and or Calvin at openroadpod.com. Share some stories. Let us know if you want a guest on. Or as always, share some ideas that mm-hmm. you think would be great for our RV renovation. And stay tuned for our next episode where we talk a little bit about what we've done so far. Clickable link? Just click it. Just click it. Thanks, everyone. We hope this episode helped you find a little more adventure in the everyday. day.